your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 471 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Sean Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, wrapped up a tough 5-3 road victory against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a win that I think a lot of us would probably be feeling just a little bit better about right now had it not been for what happened to Igor Shesterkin with about six and a half minutes to go in the game, give or take. Of course, uh, he was involved in a pretty nasty collision with Texier. Texier was crashing the net. He was also kind of shoved from behind by Patrick Nemeth. And Texier, it looks like his stick caught Igor Shesterkin and his knee definitely caught Igor Shesterkin in the side of the head. Igor went down, uh, Kreider jumped on Texier, and, you know, everything just kind of broke loose from that point. Uh, so there's a lot going on on that play. I mean, you could argue that maybe the puck was touched with a high stick. I know the Jackets were upset that Kreider didn't get a penalty. And, of course, you know, the whole is it a clean play, is it a dirty play kind of thing. I think it was clean. I don't have anything against Texier. Like I said, he was kind of pushed from behind by Nemeth. But unfortunately, Igor Shesterkin uh, kind of paid the price for that, and he goes down face first. Uh, he looked to be okay. I mean, again, I'm not a doctor. I can't stress that enough. Uh, but the way that this all went down at the end of the game here, I get the feeling that this was the NHL stepping in, uh, the concussion protocol coming into play here. I don't think Gerard Gallant like, made that move just like that to, to pull Igor off the ice and put Alex Georgiev in. Like I said, just the way that everything kind of transpired there, it felt very much like it was the NHL stepping in. That's just the impression that I got. And of course, you know, first and foremost, we'll keep our fingers crossed here that Igor Shesterkin is okay. And obviously, like I said, this game just concluded. So if there is some kind of an update, you know, either from Gerard Gallant or anybody else, as far as uh, what the deal is with Igor Shesterkin, I will definitely update you guys before this episode is over. I suppose if there's one positive from this whole situation here, it's the simple fact, well, a couple of things, really. First of all, I think coming out of this break that the Rangers had, of course, they went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday without playing any games. So they were well-rested coming into this game against the Jackets. And then they have a back-to-back -to -back tonight with the Jackets and tomorrow with the New Jersey Devils. I get the feeling coming into this back-to-back -back that the plan was always for the Rangers to go with Igor one night and go with Alex Georgiev the other night. And I think that they made the right decision in that regard as well. I mean, if you're coming out of a lengthy break, you might as well go with your A goalie, your best goalie, the guy who gives you the best opportunity to win the game. That's what the Rangers did tonight. And on top of that, tonight, Saturday against the Blue Jackets, this is the start of the Rangers playing three games in just four days. So Igor, I can only assume, is going to be back out there on Tuesday. And if you start him on Saturday, tonight, like they did, and then you go with Georgie on Sunday, that gives Igor an extra day to kind of rest and recuperate for the game on Tuesday. And as it turns out, uh, maybe he ends up needing that, or maybe it ends up being something that he can benefit from. Obviously, getting hit in the head at the end of this game was not good. And uh, again, first and foremost, you know, all hope is that Igor Shesterkin is okay from this and that he'll be back out there secondarily to uh, play in this game on Tuesday. Because I really do think the uh, game plan the whole time was probably to go with Alex Georgiev tomorrow night against the Devils. And that's the other part of this that's kind of a little bit of a silver lining here. Alex Georgiev has not played in a long time. And 
you know, obviously he was going to be going into that Devils game pretty cold, but he ends up getting onto the ice here for six minutes and 45 seconds. He only makes two saves, but I still do think it's positive for him to kind of get back into the swing of things, you know, get his skates on the ice, get out there, make a couple saves, make it feel like he's part of the team. And uh, he's got this as a little bit of a lead in to the game against the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night. And fingers crossed, obviously, that he can pick up the slack, assuming that it will be Alex Georgiev in net, which I definitely believe that it will be. Uh, Beyond that, uh, just a really nice night for the Rangers. They did something in this game that I've been looking for them to do, and it's something that I've talked about on this podcast in the past. But we know, anybody who's watched this team this season, you guys don't need me to tell you, you're very much aware of what Igor Shosturkin has done, how well he's played, how important he's been to this team, how many wins he's stolen from the opposition. You guys know. I can sit here and list all his accomplishments, but you guys watch these games, and you're very well aware of it. But what I was looking for from the Rangers, sooner or later, I wanted to see the Rangers pick up Igor Shosturkin. And the way that I thought this would eventually happen is the Rangers would win, you know, a really high-scoring game where Igor Shosturkin just not does not have his best stuff. You know, you go out there and you win a game 5-4 to four, or even one of these crazy 6-5 to five games that we see every so often in the NHL. We got a little bit of a variation of that in tonight's game because Igor was good. I mean, he, he stopped 31 of 34 shots. He's had better games than this, but... One thing that happened in this game was he actually allowed a soft goal. And as I tweeted earlier in the night watching this, I really think that that's the first goal that Igor Shosturkin has allowed this season where you look at it and you say like, wow, you know, he definitely should have had that one. Or, you know, that's one of those goals that Igor would definitely want back. That kind of thing. I can't remember him giving up a soft goal this entire season before this goal by Eric Robinson in the second period of this game tonight. That gave the Blue Jackets a 2-1 to lead. But what I've been looking for the Rangers to do is, once again, to kind of step up and uh, kind of have his back and, you know, pick him up much in the same way that he's picked them up for the vast majority of this season. And that's exactly what the Rangers did. And it was really two birds with one stone because not only did the Rangers come storming back and score three consecutive goals in the span of just, let's see here, a minute and three seconds by my count. Kreider, Panarin, Truba, bing, bang, boom, and a two-to-one deficit turns into a four-to-two lead. Not only did they do that, but again, two birds with one stone here, they answered their demons, so to speak, on this shift that follows a goal. This is something that anybody who listens to this podcast, you guys are very well aware, is something that I've gotten on them for occasionally in the past. I just feel like over these last couple of seasons, and part of this is a byproduct of being a young team, I'm sure, but I just feel like they're not always at their best on the shift that immediately follows a goal. And I think that's especially true when it's the opposition that has just scored. Well, that was not the case in this game tonight. Chris Kreider scores his 10th goal of the season. Uh, Another tipping goal from the doorstep. One of two goals that he had on the night. Uh, Artemi Panarin, who was shooting the puck left and right in this game. You know, Panarin's always a pass-first guy. He always wants to set up his buddies. But he ends up ripping six shots on goal. And a couple of them, you know, he got the two goals. But a couple of them came close to uh, getting into the back of the net as well. He had one that was off the crossbar, would have uh, gotten the hat trick if that shot was just maybe, you know, an inch or two lower. Probably would have gotten in there and obviously it would have been a hat trick. And uh, I'm sure the fans would have booed even more, but be that as it may, I don't think Panarin cares too much. Uh, He was absolutely fantastic in this game. And we are on the verge of getting like prime A-plus Artemi Panarin because as great as he's been and as much as he's picked it up over these past couple of games, I still don't think, and I've talked about this in the past, I still don't think we've seen the absolute best out of Artemi Panarin. And anybody that's been watching this team over the past couple of seasons knows what I'm talking about. I always think there's 
just one more gear that he can get to, one more level that he can reach. And I still don't think we've seen him quite do that this season. He's been fantastic regardless, and obviously he is heating up here. Uh, but like I said, I, I think he's on the verge of being big-time Artemi Panarin, the guy that can get hot and carry this team for a really, really long time. And then, of course, Jacob Truba with his first goal of the season. Uh, Julian Gauthier gets his point, first point of the season, excuse me, on that goal as well. Gauthier to Goodrow. Goodrow around back behind the net. Really nice backhand pass by Barclay Goodrow in front to Jacob Truba, and Truba puts it home and puts the Rangers up 4-2 at that point. And, you know, Barclay Goodrow, I'm realizing this just from looking at the stat line here, uh, he's got seven points for the Rangers this season. This is somebody that predominantly is a bottom six forward. That's mostly where he's been for the Rangers. I mean, more often than not this year, I think he's been on the third line. We saw him get a little bit of a cameo on the top line. You know, he was on the left wing, and they had Mika at center and cried on the right wing. And now, of course, they've gone to Blay on the top line on the right wing, and Goudreau's back down to his more normal spot of, uh, you know, the third line. I love him at center as well. I just think his game is tailor-made for the center position. And he had a really nice night on the face-off circle as well, uh, winning 57% of his draws. So... Yeah, good stuff all around. Uh, like I said, that flurry from the Rangers, much needed and very well deserved to Igor Shesterkin. The Rangers need to get his back at some point this season, and they did so emphatically. And I like to think that this team collectively, you know, they saw Igor give up the soft goal, and they kind of looked at each other and said, okay, let's pick it up. Let's get it going here. This guy has saved our bacon. God only knows how many times this season. It's time for us to get one back for him. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, just an outstanding sequence for the Rangers there. Like I said, just over a minute, uh, a minute of ice time, a minute of game time in the second period there. And we're going to continue talking about this in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Indeed. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire, all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Pick what skills are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talent's abilities faster. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by 12% according to Indeed data worldwide. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. And just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I am now seeing an update from the New York Rangers official Twitter page. The word on Igor Shesterkin is that, this is according to Gerard Gallant, he is 100% and is available as an option for tomorrow's game against the New Jersey Devils. So that's obviously great news. I still think it'll be Alex Georgiev between the pipes just because, you know, it is a back-to-back and, you know, at some point, Georgie's going to have to play at least a few of them. Uh, we'll see, though. You know, maybe the feeling here is that Igor Shosturkin is young, the Rangers have had a bunch of days off, and that he's up to the task of playing in both of these games. It's certainly possible, but I get the feeling, you know, probably get Alex Georgiev out there, not the worst thing in the world. You know, especially because Shosturkin has had a couple of injuries over the first couple of seasons here, and, you know, I think it's a good idea to try to keep him fresh. You're going to want him down the stretch, you know, to be uh, ready to go for a playoff push if the Rangers are in a situation like, you know, they're one of those fringe playoff teams, which I think there's a very good chance that they will be. Uh, but we'll see. Like I said, everything's up in the air, and uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to line up against the Devils. The Rangers went with pretty much the same line combinations and defense pairings that they've been rolling with over these past couple of games, so I won't go through those in too much detail. But one thing that I want to mention is that Philip Hedl obviously still injured, and he did not play tonight. And so the Rangers recalled Greg McKegg from AHL Hartford, although he was a healthy scratch in this game and uh, did not play. You know, you got to give props to McKegg. He's somebody that I think played decent hockey for the Rangers when he was out there this season. And basically, he's 29 years old now. I just looked that up. And he's spent his whole career just going between the NHL and the AHL like a yo-yo, just up and down, up and down, up and down, and he never complains about it, and, you know, I think plays his role fairly effectively uh, when he's on the ice. It'll be interesting to see uh, how the Rangers line up for Sunday's game against the Devils. It's possible that I I would not do this personally, but knowing how the Rangers tend to operate, I could see a situation where maybe Julian Gauthier comes out of the lineup and Greg McCaig goes into the lineup, although if you do that, then... You might have to put McKeg on the third line, which might be a bridge too far. You could maybe put Dryden Hunt on the third line. I mean, he's played pretty strong hockey, although I, I'm not really expecting a lot of points from him. Uh, Rooney always an option to move up as well. You could put Rooney at the center third line spot, move Goudreau over to the right wing. You got some options there. I, I think I would stick with Gautier, but again, props to Greg McKeg for you know just always sticking with it and always being there uh, when the Rangers need him. Another thing that I wanted to talk about here is that I thought Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba really had a shaky first period out there together. I mean, the Rangers were not all that sharp in the first period. And as I tweeted, I think they were probably pretty fortunate to get into the locker room tied 1-1. But there were just a couple of misplays by them. And, you know, it started with, I mean, Keandre Miller ended up taking the penalty, but he basically, in effect, took Jacob Truba's penalty because Truba had the puck and he was about to skate around behind the Ranger net and come out the other side. Uh, but the Columbus four-checker was, was all over him and then, you know, trying to lift his stick and eventually gets the puck away from him and is about to veer to the net and have a chance right there from the doorstep. And so Miller saw all this happening and had to hook him to prevent him from getting to the net. So, yeah, Miller took the penalty, but it was caused by a misplay from Jacob Truba. And then there was a situation later in the first period where uh, Miller was in the neutral zone and the puck's coming in his way and he tries to go down to one knee and stop it with his glove and he just wasn't able to do it. It just skipped right by him. It led to a two-on-one. And of course, Igor Shesterkin makes uh, two really nice saves, two of his better saves on the night. And I believe the game was still scoreless at that point. Might have been 1-0 Columbus, which would have made it even more impressive and even more important. But uh, yeah, I thought they got off to a rough start and then uh, kind of picked it up as the game went on. Obviously, Jacob Trupa 
We already mentioned he got his first goal this season, and Ke'Andre Miller uh, continues to be solid, if unspectacular, for the Rangers this season. I do think overall he has played very well, and uh, as I've mentioned in the past, if not for Adam Fox, I think you might see Ke'Andre Miller uh, get a little bit more attention than he does. And this is kind of random, but I'm also loving that the Rangers apparently, uh, you know, in the locker room, the nickname for Sammy Blay is Sammy the Bull. And uh, we saw an example of that. First of all, I think it's just a fantastic nickname and uh, one that definitely fits him. Obviously a hard-nosed, hard-hitting player, but he's getting a chance on the top line now after starting the year on the fourth line, by the way. And, you know, he goes in up the right side and he's got the puck on his backhand. He basically just barrels toward the net. Uh, he eventually tried to get it to his forehand, but just could not finish from the doorstep there. But a strong drive to the net by Sammy Blay on that play. And again, props to uh, the Rangers for coming up with uh, what I got to think is one of the better nicknames in hockey. Sammy the Bull. I like that a lot. I also want to talk about this first goal by Panarin here. This came pretty late in the first period, about three minutes remaining in the first, give or take. And uh, just a thing of beauty, the Raiders really scored some beautiful goals in this game here tonight. And uh, yeah, that Panarin goal actually came out just 231 remaining in the first period. But just some great passing. Uh, the Rangers get the puck past a defenseman that was kind of pinching, you know, coming into the Rangers zone a little bit. And Strom goes in up the right side, makes a really nice centering pass to Adam Fox. Fox immediately passes to his left to Artemi Panarin. Panarin's kind of in his office there, that spot in the left face-off circle that he loves so much. He immediately takes the shot. And I got to say, Elvis Burr's Lincoln's, he almost committed highway robbery here. He would have, you know, maybe been in the, the conversation at least for, you know, maybe not save of the year, but top 10 saves of the year thus far in the NHL because he fully extended, diving to his right, reaching out his stick, and got a piece of the puck with his stick. You know, again, just full extension, absolutely wild. So he knocked it down, but I think Merz Lincolns, you know, his body was was moving to his right, and I think he himself ended up knocking the puck into the nest. So uh, it, it probably should have been a goal initially, uh, but just a fantastic initial save by Merz Lincolns, and then it goes in, and Panarin credited with uh, the goal there. And at that point, that made two goals and eight assists in Panarin's last seven games. It's obviously now up to three goals and eight assists. And like I said, he's getting there. We are about to see him explode and uh, you know, be, be the player, the MVP candidate that we all know and love and the guy that can honestly dominate games and even carry a team offensively when it needs it. And the Rangers, you know, they scored a lot of goals tonight. Second time they've... Uh, you know, had a good amount of goals against the Blue Jackets and against Elvis Merz-Lincolns. They beat them 4-0 in their previous meeting. Uh, but scoring goals has been something of an issue for the Rangers thus far this season. So obviously really, really nice to see Artemi Panarin stepping up and, and heating up at the right time here. And hopefully uh, it just leads to bigger and better things for this entire Ranger team as far as uh, guys taking steps forward offensively because this team does need to score more goals. Can't rely on Igor Shesterkin to steal every single game that you play. And we'll continue talking about this in just a second. But first, I wanted to let you guys know that today's episode episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It is the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar, or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for you when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There is nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. 
Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You know, I mentioned Elvis Merz Lincolns a second ago and talked about how the Rangers have basically gotten him twice now into matchup. They scored uh, nine goals combined in the two games against Elvis Merz Lincolns, but he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. I want to give you his stats on the season just so we can all kind of collectively appreciate uh, what the Rangers have done against this guy. So in... His other games this season, the six games prior to tonight's game, Elvis Burr's Lincolns entered play with a record of 5-1. and one. Of course, that one of their loss was against the Rangers. A goals against average of 198 and a save percentage of 940. And so the Rangers, try to figure this out. The Rangers have struggled to score goals all season, and yet a guy that has been one of, if not maybe the best, with all apologies to Igor Shesterkin, one of, if not maybe the best goalie in the NHL this season, and... Yet the Rangers have absolutely lit this guy up twice, the team that's struggling to score goals. So hockey can be a little bit of a weird sport sometimes. I suppose that they're kind of uh, Merce Lincoln's kryptonite so far this season. But I have a question to pose to you guys. Is there a better net front presence in this entire league than Chris Kreider? I mean, after he got another two tipping goals in this game against the Jackets, I don't really see how that argument can even be made. He's up to 11 goals, and I got to believe without going through every single one of them, without telling them all up, I think probably at least eight of them are tipping goals. He just goes to the net and redirects at home. And no bigger goal in this game for the Rangers than the one that they scored, like we talked about right after the Jackets took that 2-1 to lead. Uh, there was tremendous pressure by Blay, by Kreider, and by Jacob Truba. They were all in there on the forecheck. They forced a turnover. Jacob Truba has the puck kind of in the corner there, centers it to Chris Kreider, and Kreider takes care of the rest to flex at home. I mean, it's getting to the point where anytime I see a shot going on net and Kreider's in front of the net, he's in the crease there and he's creating havoc. I just am getting to the point where I'm automatically assuming that he's just going to deflect it into the net. He did it twice in this game tonight. And like I said, of every goal that the Rangers score in this one, this one was the most important because it immediately got them back into the game. They had a great response for the soft goal by Igor Shesterkin and it sent them on their way to scoring, like we talked about, three goals in the span of uh, about a minute and two seconds there. And then his second goal, this one came on the power play less than a minute into the third period, and this is the one that gave the Rangers a 5-2 lead, and just a thing of beauty. I mean, what gets lost in the shuffle here, it really shouldn't, but Adam Fox, with the secondary assist, makes an absolutely beautiful pass. He's going up along the boards on the right side. We've seen Adam Fox do this a couple of times. I mean, we see Adam Fox do everything positive that there is for a hockey player to do on the ice, pretty much on a night-in and night-out basis, but he makes these passes where he's along the boards, and he really threads the needle, gets the puck through some traffic, and he got it over to Mika Zibanejad, and Zibanejad's on the other side of the ice. He's in the left face-off circle, and Kreider read the play. Kreider, immediately, he's behind the goal line. He comes back out in front, and he's there, and Mika hits him, tip-in goal, and uh, just like that, Chris Kreider with his 11th goal of the season, the Rangers have a three-goal three goal lead excuse me, early in the third period. Once again, just a thing of beauty, and Kreider, if you remember, had that little uh, exchange with Elvis Merz-Lincolns toward the end of the last matchup. You know, they kind of uh, bumped into each other. There was some contact. They got in each other's face after the whistle, and then Kreider got him for a goal in that game, and Kreider gets him for two in this game. And Kreider, I forget the exact stat, but it's something along the lines of Kreider now has about 12 goals in his last 12 games against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So clearly Chris Kreider uh, emerging as the Columbus Blue Jackets killer. And as has kind of been par for the course here, I need to go ahead and heap praise on the Ranger fourth line of Kevin Rooney centering Dryden Hunt and Ryan Reeves. I thought they were really, really strong in this game as well. You know, there's something that 
happen early in this game, and it won't show up on any highlight packages or top 10 plays or anything like that, but the Rangers were not at their best in the first period. You look at this game, you look at the three periods, clearly the first period was their weakest, and like I said, very fortunate to be tied uh, at the first intermission there, but the Rangers were back on their heels for a lot of that first period. The ice was kind of tilted, just a lot of play happening in the Rangers zone. They were already down one to nothing, and the fourth line just comes up with a blue-collar, uh, grinded-out kind of shift, and no scoring opportunities, but they, at the very least, kept the puck on Columbus's side of the ice and really worked hard to keep it there. Dryden Hunt, I got to say, guys, he's starting to win me over a little bit. I know that there's a lot of love for Morgan Barron, and count me among Ranger fans that wants to eventually see what he can do at the NHL level for longer than just, like, you know, two or three games. And, you know, sooner or later, maybe he takes Dryden Hunt's spot. That could be something that happens later this season. But, man, Dryden Hunt fights for the puck like his life is on the line. And he, he did it again tonight, and he did it on that shift as well. And Ryan Reeves, you know, he came close to scoring, I would say, at least three times in this game. I mean, two of them were in the span of about a quarter of a second because what happened was the puck was played at the net. Reeves went for the deflection. Merzlikens made a great save. And then Reeves got his own rebound and tried to stuff at home. But by that point, Merzlikens had kind of pushed to his left. And uh, full extension, skate save, uh, just got to the pipe before the, the puck could slide between Merzlikens' skate and the post. So, yeah, Reeves came really close. Dryden Hunt, you know, threw the puck at the net once or twice and at least, you know, created a little bit of a scoring opportunity off of those one or two instances. And then Kevin Rooney had a chance too. He had the puck in the neutral zone and somebody came over to, uh, you know, put a hip check on him against the boards. And he basically just slipped right by him and went in on a two on one, took the shot and was uh, stopped from point blank range by Merce Lincolns. But yeah, you know, again, this, this fourth line, I think they've really played well for the Rangers so far this season. They're a line that can kind of change the momentum of the game a little bit. When the Rangers are back on their heels, I kind of like this as a go-to line because you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but what I've been seeing all season from this fourth line is that when they're on the ice, that puck is in the attacking zone and it stays there. And these guys work their tails off to make sure that it stays there. And again, doesn't always lead to a goal. In fact, very rarely does it lead to a goal. But at the very least, you at least kind of, uh, you know, establish a little bit of a forecheck and tire out some of the players in the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then you get, you know, one of your skill lines, one of your uh, top two lines on the ice and the puck's already back there and they can go in there and try to get it and go to work. So, yeah, you know, good, good stuff all around from that fourth line. Really, really like what I'm seeing from that trio. And I think that's pretty much going to do it for today, guys. Obviously, you know, a very, very strong win for the Rangers. Was not perfect. A little bit of a slow start in the first period. But when, once they got rolling, they really got it rolling. And again, I, I think the biggest positive from this game and the thing that I enjoyed the most, and maybe some of you did too, is the simple fact that the Rangers picked up Igor Shesterkin instead of the other way around. And Igor, again, he played very well in this game, but he did give up that one soft goal and the Rangers just came storming back uh, with those three goals in the span of just over a minute there. So uh, awesome stuff all around. And uh, obviously, we can all collectively exhale knowing that Igor Shesterkin is okay, and it sounds like he's even an option to play in the game against the Devils. Again, I, I still get the feeling it'll be Georgiev, but I would not rule anything out either. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. On Tuesday's episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and the Devils on Sunday night. Now make your second listen Lockdown NHL. 
Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available on all platforms.